This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't love junior mints. I just don't hate them. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they are treated like second-class candy. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Oh, there's a, you there's don't a understand why a candy that is basically toothpaste wrapped up in stale chocolate is treated like a second-class candy. All right, I get it. It's a good, valid question. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Is there a time to change? You know, the three teams I've drafted this year, second-class candy is pretty good. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. Once again, WBEN is airing live coverage of the events in Kansas City and the tragedy unfolding there at the end or after the uh, Chiefs' victory parade. So um, we encourage you to jump over there if you want to have the up-to-the-second latest uh, from KC. We're going to talk to Chris Trapasso right now, CBS Sports NFL draft reporter and analyst. Hi, Chris. Wait, let me put you on the air. I should do that. <laughs> Now, let's try that again. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Um, thank you. So, no disrespect to meant to you and other draft analysts, but this is probably the beginning of draft, quote-unquote, season here for most fans. Can, can we sure. start? And it's our first conversation in, in a while or about this draft. Uh, mind giving us sort of a couple of bullet points here, an overview of what makes this draft unique, uh, to you anyway? Yeah, it's really top-heavy at the quarterback spot. It's probably 2020 with Tua Tungavailoa, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. That was a really good class, obviously, 2018. I think that one, this one is right up there in terms of just having, I mean, who knows if you know all four or five that go in the first round are going to ultimately be really good. And, and if you look at history, probably not. But just the skills that they have, the quarterback spot is good. Wide receiver, um, which has kind of been the case over the last five or six years now, just from what every college is sending out there. Wide receiver class is also very good. Two elite guys at the top with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors. A bunch are going to go in round two or, or later in round one, but then in round two and round three like we've seen of late. We'll look back. There'll be pro bowlers that will be picked there. And very good offensive tackle and edge rusher groups. Not quite as good, um, but again, they'll be good players. Running back linebacker, safety. Um, some years you get those Devin White type players. That's just the first one that pops into my mind who went really early at linebacker. Of course, that's the case with the safety spot too, but you don't really have that 
in this year's class, and there's no Bijan Robinson, there's no Christian McCaffrey or Jameer Gibbs type player, even a Travis Etienne type. So that's kind of the overview um, from the studying that I've done over the last couple of months on the 2024 uh, draft class. I know we'll definitely focus a lot on receiver, probably even today, and then as we move forward, um, you know, talking with you, you know, weekly here, I think, which we're set up to do um, sure. starting the week after next. Uh, but the, the, as far as the quarterbacks go, do you have – is it the three – that are sort of maybe similar to the receivers, the three that are at the top and then uh, a few others that, you know, may be first round caliber. Yeah. I, I have uh, Caleb Williams as my number one quarterback now. And with quarterbacks, I I don't fall for any, you know, movement during the pre-draft process at that spot, like the combine, the pro days pretty much don't matter to me. Now, last year we went in and, and saw it, all right, Anthony Richardson is going to test pretty well. He had like a historic combine at like two hundred and four, like six four two forty. So I did boost him up a little bit because we all know how important athleticism is at the quarterback spot today. But Caleb Williams is at one, and I'm saying that because these are probably not going to change too much. Right behind him, very very close is Drake May, and I think that there could be, if Caleb Williams doesn't test and Drake May does and, and test spectacularly because he is a good athlete, I think on film he could even jump uh, Caleb Williams. I think Drake May is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels, a step below. And then, like you're saying, the guys like J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, um, Michael Penix. I even like Spencer Rattler, honestly. Like, he's not getting enough publicity because South Carolina wasn't that good. But he is a former, like, two or three years ago, we thought, oh, he's going to be the first pick in the draft eventually. Fell off a little bit, but I thought he had a very strong season behind a pretty bad offensive line there at South Carolina. So, it's a good quarterback class, even as you get into the Michael Penix, Michael Pratt, Spencer Rattler range, you know, on day two. One more thing real quick on the quarterbacks for me here. I don't want to hog this conversation, but as far as that athleticism point goes, um, I, and I know those, there's nuance to athleticism, right? There's the mm-hmm. high-end Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen running for, you know, Jackson had, I think, over 800 yards, Allen over 515 rushing touchdowns. Uh, so you got like, these monster impacts. And then there's just being able to move enough to get out of the way and just make plays on the move, maybe more like Mahomes, who's maybe a better runner than I'm giving him credit for here in this. But he's not he's not on the Jackson-Allen tier. How do these three guys stack up as far as rushing threat and just mobility in general yeah i think Jaden daniels i mean we all watch him uh you know winning or en route to winning the heisman Jaden daniels has lamar jackson-esque speed in space like he can hit 40 50 60 yard touchdowns i think he's gonna he's about six foot three he might even be right around 200 pounds so he's gonna be a little lighter that certainly helps him run faster the agility is not quite Lamar Jackson, but he will be a problem as a scrambler in the NFL. Now, I said earlier that Drake May, to me, is is very close to Caleb Williams. You watch Drake May, you see, okay, I, I kind of am getting like a light version of Justin Herbert here, but then they used him like in the designed run game. and He's unafraid mm-hmm. to like lower his shoulder in space. He's a bigger, uh, not quite Justin Herbert size, not quite Josh Allen size, but he's a bigger body quarterback prospect. Next, I would say him. And then Caleb Williams does a lot of the Patrick Mahomes-type stuff. I I don't think he's quite Mahomes um, as a prospect. I don't think his arm strength is where Patrick Mahomes was, even coming out of Texas Tech. Um, But the just, oh, my God, how did you not sack him on this play? That's where Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams is better than Drake May and Jaden Daniels. With Chris Trapasso, 
So I'm sure we'll talk about wide receiver a lot, even for us here with you over the, <laughs> the course of the next couple of months plus. You know how the station has sounded. Uh, the Bills seem even more in need than they've been in, in recent years, too. And, you know, for the most part, it sounds like this is a good year to be in this situation at, at, at that position. Already I've seen mock drafts like one today from Field Yates, Chris, where the Bills at pick 28 get wide receiver four. That was Brian Thomas, I believe, in, on yes. his list. Yep, LSU. And I've seen others where you're going to have to take wide receiver eight to you know get get one in round one without a trade which of those two outcomes do you think is more realistic that it's wide receiver four i mean don't call me on this but i don't know if we've ever seen eight wide receivers go in the first round and free agency will happen some teams will you know sign t higgins mike evans some of the bigger name free agents that will kind of push down that wide receiver need but right now that's usually what happens and i've even noticed in my in my own mocks over the last couple years it's easy to put in six, seven, eight, nine wide receivers in the first round. Um, it, it would be surprising, although it is a very good class, that in doing that, when you're like, oh, that team needs a receiver, all right, give them a receiver. So does that team. It gets to a point where you're getting into the 20s and somewhere close to where the Bills pick. And it to me, I, I think teams realize, hey, why don't we pick another position because – this wide receiver class is so deep. We don't have to pick one in the first round. That's why I was seeing some, not that it was a distinct rumor, but some ideas, or I was getting sent ideas um, on Twitter that the Bills should trade up for Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and for as fun as that would be, it would kind of remind me of the Bills trading up for Sammy Watkins in that 2014 draft class that was so good that we knew going in was going to have guys in you know late first, second, third round who were going to be solid players. Yep. Um, so I, I think wide receiver four at 28 is more likely. Good. <laughs> good. I like the sound of that a lot. <laughs> yeah, because to, to me, if – if it comes to be their turn, they'll probably trade up two or three spots. That's the you know the way it usually goes. <laughs> but if it, it comes to be their turn and only three receivers have been taken, each, by the way, in the top ten probably or possibly, then it's a really interesting choice. And it still would be uh, if you even pushed it to Friday, like you pointed out, all the quality depth there seems to be. I have just, with Bulldog, made a wager that I think they would go defense first, thinking that most of the considered best receivers would have been taken by their pick, but but maybe not. They're they're going to need help on defense, though. As much as it seems, so many fans seem to hate when the Bills turn to defense and the, with their top draft capital. You know, this year the way the roster, you know, in terms of free agents and that looks, um, you know, that that's going to make I think more sense if they do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so. My thing that I've kind of stuck to early on here in the off-season slash pre-draft processes, I'm a firm believer that the Bills need to pick a receiver in either the first or the second round. Like, I'm, I'm not quite on the Jeremy White wide receiver train that it has to be in the first round. I, I'm, I think that they need to pick one, though, with, a, with one of those first two picks. If, whether it's a bunch of receivers go in front of them or just, like, the guy or two that they really like, say they love Brian Thomas and he's gone. They love Troy Franklin, who I've mocked them a lot. I think he would just make a ton of sense from Oregon, if he's gone and they're like, all right, well, we're not just going to force it and pick a wide receiver that we don't really like. And I think that's kind of been a problem for the Bills. Like when they picked Kyer Elam, they said afterward, oh, he was our last first-round grade. We don't know if that's 
how true that is or, you know, like was he on the fringe and they ultimately traded up for him. It right. kind of felt like they forced that pick. Like, we need a corner. we got to get one here when it probably would have been a better idea for them to just say, hey, look, like we don't feel like there's someone that's worth a, whatever that pick was, 23, 25, and let's go another position and then hope to get better value later in the draft. So in that case, I think it would be fine if they had to go the end, defensive tackle, I'm not as huge on the safety spot because I think Sean McDermott uh, has shown that he can get quality production from the safety position. But if like the number one safety that they absolutely adore is there and, you know, they, they feel good about three or four guys that they really like and want to plug into the offense at receiver in round two, again, you're right that you guys will, will be talking about it on that Friday leading into round two that a lot of fans will be upset, but they could certainly go that avenue and still get two really yeah. good players. Right, yeah. Who who are some names for that? Like, because they'll they'll be picking, you know, at the end of round two, just like they're picking at the end of round one, or you know, near enough the end anyway. And you know, okay. we, we, again, we'll have weeks and weeks to go over this, but the, the the names at the top will be the names that we'll dream about, or not the top, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying, like the first round grade type guys. Um, so like second round, who are some who are some names that we can maybe start to crush on? Jermaine Burton is one for me from Alabama now, and I'm going to kind of harken back to Jeremy White again. I, I think his opinion that uh, that the Bills need someone that can stretch the field and he has a future as a wide receiver one, I think that's key given Stephon Diggs' age, the finances, all of that. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Burton from Alabama, he started at Georgia, transfers to Alabama, and was good at Georgia. Like He was like a wide receiver three or four, had some productive years, transfers to Alabama, down the field threat right away. I think he's going to test very well to combine in the 40 vertical, all those explosion drills. I think he's going to be good in. And I liked his route running. They just didn't throw to him a lot. And the, the quarterback play, at least in 2023, obviously took a giant step back from Bryce Young to Jalen Milrow. So he's one that I've kind of circled as seems like he could be available right around pick 60 um, in the second round for the Bills. Or maybe they would have to maybe you know, move up a little bit. Jalen Polk is one that I've, I've seen some multiple round mock drafts, and I have one coming out next week um, where he from Washington, Jalen Polk, this is, um, is kind of in that range too. Um, another one that was a down the field threat, made a lot of contested catches from Michael Penix, has some wiggle after the catch, kind of feels like, okay, in two or three years, he could be a wide receiver one in the NFL. And it's always hard to kind of envision that when you're not talking about a first rounder, but, of course, you guys know, your listeners know, and I know that there's so many second- and third-rounders like D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin, um, just to name a few, George Pickens, who were the seventh or eighth or ninth receiver picked, and they were wide receiver ones by probably their second season. So those two really stick out. And I, I don't want to not give you a full answer, but the combine is so important for the wide receivers that you kind of understand, all right, here's this guy's athletic profile probably going to be a second rounder this guy ooh, he didn't test well probably a third or a fourth rounder so really after the combine i'll be able to give you right. a more specific answer on that you can tell which guys test into the first round or are more second or third round type uh, wide receivers you mentioned 2014 earlier watkins there were six receivers i'm not doing this for memory there were six receivers picked in the second round that year the last three were Devonte adams Allen Robinson and Jarvis Landry. And that's after yeah. five or more went. It's Evans and Beckham, of course, Watkins and Benjamin. Uh, Brandon Cooks also in that first round. It gets late first, yeah. Late first. 
What do you think of Troy Franklin? I really, really like him. I And this is going to sound too lofty, but I think at times, if you're a draft analyst, you can't be like afraid to throw comparisons on guys. Like I hate when it's like, hey, don't compare this prospect to a Hall of Famer. Like J.J. Watt was a six foot six, two hundred ninety pound guy from Wisconsin who had one of the freakiest workouts of all time. To be like, uh, I love this guy's film. He's a crazy athlete. I think he can be a Hall of Fame type. Like that's a type of statement that I think as a draft analyst you should be able to make. And I'll say with Troy Franklin. He gave me his movement skills, Justin Jefferson vibes. Now, we know Matt Collar very well from WGR. I know him. I'm on his Vikings podcast every week. He immediately referenced to me, like, seeing Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, like, had a different type of tenacity, almost Stephon Diggs-like. Like, he wanted to be the Michael Jordan of, of the entire NFL and was working tirelessly in OTAs and training camp right away. So I think that matters, and, and you can't tell that about a wide receiver prospect. But taller, spindly frame, very flexible, made a lot of plays down the field, pretty good after the catch. Their analytics profiles are pretty similar. Now, Justin Jefferson did test very well, ran under four four five, um, But I, I just saw similar stylistic movements on the field from Troy Franklin. And I think right away you wouldn't have to come in and be Justin Jefferson as a rookie. He can get down the field and then learn those intricacies of getting open, which I think he's actually pretty good at right now. One more on receiver from me. Uh, We started this and even going back into the fall, watching football on Saturdays, Keon Coleman from Florida State just jumped off uh, the games I was watching, social media, like just spectacular plays. As the draft process starts ramping up, I, I see a lot more attention to detail that might be lacking. He's not as well-rounded. Maybe more of a guy that you can project as a one, but it's not all there, and you're going to have to coach him up, and, and, and he's going to learn some subtleties of the position. That, that's some of what I've read. What do you think of this play? So I've kind of cooled off on him because I'm not sure that he fits what the Bills – the Bills need impact right away probably from this player if they're drafting him in the first round. What's your scouting report on Coleman? Yeah, if Keon Coleman was in the draft five to ten years ago, I think you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's a first-round pick. And I always go back to the eras. We're in this athletic era at at quarterback spot, pass catchers at the running back spot, and wide receivers, smaller separators can get down the field. Five to ten years ago, I always kind of cite these three or four guys. It was a league that was dominated by, or I guess it's maybe even a little longer than that now, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Brandon Marshall, Mike Evans was a young wide receiver. There were a lot of big body guys, back shoulders, contested catchability seemed to be more important than how talented a wide receiver was in getting open. I've cooled on Keon Coleman too. I, I, I you know, in season had a decent high grade on him, but I, I really put a lot more into my finalized grade. And then obviously after the combine, it'll be really the cemented grade for him. I didn't see him getting open very often. Now, there were times that Florida State schemed him open, and he can make that acrobatic catch. But to me, I have him more valued on day two. So if the Bills, again, maybe go that defensive route, he would be available potentially later. Just he doesn't fit the mold. One last thing that I have to mention, and I'll be mad at myself if I don't. You asked for second-round guys. Yeah. The wide receiver that I probably want most for the Bills Javon Baker. Yes, from I was waiting. I thought I was waiting I for watched, you to mention him. Yeah, I watched him, and in my head, I said he's the one. Like he's the wide receiver. 
I don't know where the rest of the league will view him and will, again, get some of a better idea at the Combine. Contested catches, leaping ability, gets open, his athleticism, he's flexible, he can take physicality at the line of scrimmage and in his route and not get disrupted. Um, Averaged almost 22 yards a catch at UCF, is a former Alabama guy. He just seems like the one that, at least right now, for some reason is flying under the radar. Like PFF has him at 112. I'm looking at their big board right now. Uh, I talked to a few people that are other, uh, like, scouts that are doing kind of the same thing that I do, and they're, oh, yeah, second, third round. I saw a first-round wide receiver in terms of his skill. We'll see how he tests, but he looks like, okay, he can be a decent downfield threat, but more be a wide receiver one in 2025 and beyond. And I think that, again, is a key component of this early round uh, wide receiver that the Bills ultimately pick. It's funny, we both reacted. We talked about him yesterday. I dug into some of this yesterday, and I got to Baker on a ranking I was reading, and I I thought to text Jeremy, but Jeremy's getting, if he gets paid by the mention, uh, (laughs) I texted Jeremy, like, here is the actual future Bills wide receiver, thinking he'd, yeah, he'd sort of give me that grimace. Yeah, he'd, he'd give me sort of like the grimace emoji or something, like, you know, that fa- the teeth clenched, you know, down down the list, because probably not a first-round pick a- at this point. And his response was, love it, Baker. So. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, pretty good. Um, I... I in one minute or less, Chris, if if I might, you sure. you, men, you mentioned Elam and the pick from two years ago. Are you shocked that it's gotten to the point it got with Elam? Like, can he recover? What's your take on where they're at with him? How he didn't didn't play? I mean, I'm shocked that a, a former first round pick that had NFL bloodlines and had pretty good film, like, is having a hard time even getting on the field and just looks totally lost. But I'm not shocked in that he was a press man on an island corner and the Bills are one of the most zone-heavy teams. When they picked him, I thought, all right, they want to mix up coverages a little bit on one side of the field. And that really didn't ever happen. Now, he did make some plays as a rookie, but I think the grabbiness kind of got to him a little bit and that refs were looking for it. Um, 
is he salvageable at this point? I, I mean, I think because of the physical talent, but his confidence has to be relatively low, and I won't be surprised if the Bills look for any trade offers this offseason. Very good. Justin, boy, a master. Under a minute. Barely under a minute. And I'm ruining it by talking after you. Thank you, Chris. Look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, who will join us periodically in the next couple of months here. The draft is in late April in Detroit. As I often have said recently, if you've got a guy, let us know who he is and why, and I'll write his name down on my list like I do all the names Chris mentions and sometimes Bulldog mentions. Sometimes I'll just sort of like, uh, I don't know. Not list-worthy? Not, I don't know. Worthy is is list-worthy. There's a worthy receiver yes. from Texas, which I know you uh, you knew already. A news conference is scheduled to begin in a couple of minutes in Kansas City with the latest from the police department there on at least one casualty and numerous other victims of a mass shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade today. WBEN News Radio 930 is airing coverage from Kansas City, our Odyssey sister station there, and also national news coverage with some uh, local analysis mixed in. We'll have the latest throughout the day on our show, too. Mike Shope and the Bulldog at 803-0550. This is WGR. Well, we take this story and extrapolate it now out to a Super Bowl parade. We could be talking about this particular event at a school. We could be talking about it at a mall. We could be talking about it at a nightclub. We could be talking about it at any facet of America. This is our country today, unfortunately, where you have a celebration happening in Kansas City to celebrate the world champions, and a shooting breaks out to where now ABC News has confirmed that at least one person has lost their life. Adam Schefter, it's well put, as you know, he would know, and everybody knows. It's not it's not hypothetical to speak of these events at schools and malls and concerts. Of course, that's all happened many times over. WBEN is planning, if it hasn't started already, to carry the press conference from the Kansas City Police with the latest on the situation there, and they'll be. Uh, continuously covering the scene there throughout the day, including coverage from our sister station, KMBC in Kansas City. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. We just talked to Chris Trapasso about uh, the draft, and you probably, I'm guessing, you came away encouraged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's not going to be Coleman anymore, is it? No, I don't think so. No, that's been... Almost since we started talking about it, like the first time I said it, I feel like the next day was the first time I saw like, oh, he doesn't really get open that much. I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> What's have to already rain on my, rain on my guy? Um, so, yeah, there's – look, and this has been true. Like, it's, it's fun when you have a guy, for sure. Um, like, but any so many of the guys that we just talked about with Chris sound appealing to me. You know, um, so even Baker, the guy we talked about yesterday, that's almost definitely, well, we'll see what the combine, like Chris says, uh, does to (laughs) his, his status, but like, you know, it doesn't seem like that's a guy you'd have to pick at 28, uh, if you wanted to do it. Um, I just, there's so many guys to pick from and 
it it feels like there there's like three, four, five guys that any one of them lands on the Bills will be like, okay, I'm good. It it is too soon, isn't it, to know when like a guy like that could get drafted, right? I mean, yep. you think you think of last year, would would you remember Zay Flowers the same way as somebody that started in the probably day two conversation and then ended up in the first round? That probably happens every year. It just it, it moves around. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't remember where you know at this time last year. Um, it felt like as as we got like a month out or so, maybe more than that, that there was that group of guys that you know that people were ranking and then people were ranking them in different order and have their preferences and whatever. But that there were like maybe four guys that were, you know, almost definitely going to be first round picks, and they ended up being the four that went. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, you know I, but there there can be yeah, like Chris says. I mean, if if this say um, Baker's the UCF kid we just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's he's got he's got all these attributes. He goes to the combine and runs like a four three nine or something. Then maybe they go, oh, then they they put that speed together with the film, and he jumps out of the gym and all this stuff, and then like maybe, you know, maybe his stock generally starts to go up. Um, so, you know, that, that I wouldn't rule that out at all at this, this point. This might be my first year. I say might. It's probably unlikely. Uh, rooting at, uh, at during the combine. For or against. Like, slow 40 times for the guys you like? Well, if you want <laughs> Javon Baker, do you root for him to kill it at the combine? Therefore, probably raising his draft stock or bombing? <laughs> which is better i don't know which is better <laughs> i i i well it de- i guess it depends on the con- how much you how much weight you put in that one event and if the guy doesn't run well there and i know there's other opportunities for guys so they can redeem themselves right running on a on a pro day or whatever um and not all the top guys always run at the combine anyways there can be injuries or you know other reasons guys don't want to do it They'd rather run in the comfort of their of their own environment, their own pro day. Um, so, um, I I I think if you believe, you know, this is where the maybe the divide between watch the tape, grind the tape, and the metrics, right? Just the the you know run, jump, all that stuff, the testing. Like, ideally, you want those things to merge to a point where you go, this is our guy. But if the guy bombs testing but looks great on film, I don't know, maybe that's good for you. If you think you can get him later than, than you, you, you thought you'd have to because he didn't test that well and mm-hmm. people get scared off by him. Mm-hmm. So I guess it depends on the conviction you have about the guy, you know. Um, but generally, I guess I'd say if you're rooting for a guy, you really like him, you think he's the answer – then um, you know maybe run a, a four four six instead of a four three eight, and maybe that helps you get your hands on them at twenty eight or at sixty whatever wherever the Bills are picking in the in the second round. We'll get back to the draft and some more on the hockey game. Another couple of football topics planned for later. I'm just I got the TV on watching coverage of this uh, scene in Kansas City reminiscent of the Boston Marathon day where just you have a mass of people at a traditional 
sports celebration. And then you have this happen and you think, will there be another Super Bowl parade? Like, will is will what will be different? Probably there will be. There'll just be more guns, more police, more yep. more fear. But I'm thinking about that day, being on the air for that too. Uh, the marathon. You were alone for that. I wasn't there. Yeah. Just. Yeah. No. It. it you know. There's. I mean, it's all been said. Yeah. You know. Um. So you know, li- living like this, being fearful of it. Um. I, I don't know if it stops you from doing things. I'm not saying you. Just in general. Um. Uh, I. I would understand that. Um, if people are, um, you know, not as uh, more reluctant than they've ever been to go be a part of something like that, um, you know, it, it just the, the choices that have been made have left us here and we just can't even seem to agree on a way to like try something else, try another way that might that might. I, I don't know if there's a guarantee, but could 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 we be better at this? I It seems like we could be. As a country, um, could we be worse? Could, could, I, it seems hard to fathom. I know it being any worse. I know. Um, uh, so I, it's just it's such a hard. Is this a hard thing to to really rectify? I think individually, or certainly as as a as a group, as a population, we can't we can't get anywhere. We'll take a timeout. Eight oh three oh five fifty draft stuff. Sabers win. And how many teams, maybe this will wait until next hour if we do it, how many teams with um, our annual quarterback carousel draft in mind will be shopping for someone new this year? I had an interesting conversation with Sneaky Joe about this, how to maybe just sort of improve our our format, Mm. which I'm always looking to do. I'm never satisfied. Never satisfied. Oh, always want to change, tweak it at least. This is to, admirable. To make it better. It is. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. But it's all—it's also just insufferable to live with. I just—I can never. Anytime I have a favorite anything, I just spend the rest of my days trying to find something better, which is you know, there's no peace really in that. Um, but anyway, I had a nice conversation with him about the format, which turned into what's actually going to happen around the league this year. So we'll—I'll uh, bring that to you here as we continue. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. This is WGR. Welcome back. You maybe, you know, probably by now have heard about the shooting in Kansas City at the end of the parade. Police spokesperson is 
right now giving updates. One person has been killed. For more on the events as they unfold today in Kansas City, WBEN News Radio 930, continuing throughout the afternoon their own coverage and then also national and local coverage in Kansas City, our sister station there. The Sabres with a win and a fun one. The smiles on the faces. Everybody trying to get in on it. Easy goals. 7 nothing. Yeah. I mean, not to nitpick. I could have used a Thompson hat trick. Uh, you yeah. always. You're going to screw it down. I'm still I'm in a pretty big hole, Mike, but I, one, one, one win. <laughs> Bulldog doesn't want to mention this. He's starting to sell his furniture online on Craigslist. Is that still a thing? I'm asking you. I, I, good question. It's Craigslist. I, 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 I've, used, I've used Marketplace. Here's a dinette so. set. Yeah. The Bulldog is The chair I'm shopping in was purchased on Facebook Marketplace. Well, and now it's listed on Facebook Marketplace, I'm seeing. <laughs> a lot of blog sites and rumor mongers are saying Bulldog is not shopping these furniture, these, <laughs> these chairs and dinette sets, but I'm I know better. I'm taking calls. It's my job, Mike. I have He's to, taking I, calls I, on them. I have, to, I have to see if I can make my attic better. Uh, I'd be, I wouldn't be doing my job. Right. So, um, no, last night was super fun. Uh, Benson finally, you know, hit. Yes. It's such a cool story. The stats are really not the story with him, uh, but what a cool goal. He hadn't scored at home yet a goal, so mm-hmm. good for him to get that one. And uh, For his whole career. Right, right. Not a single home goal until last night. <laughs> Going back to Peewee's. Loved the goal. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so, yeah, fun night. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of the day – you know, I, I was, uh, you know, pretty blunt about not wanting to be there, and, and I appreciated you making the point you made after I talked like that. Like, we don't want to tell people that are still enjoying going uh, or want to enjoy it, like, not to enjoy it. Go enjoy it. And last night, you got paid off if you were there. So, you know, good. Also in hockey, Alexander Ovechkin is on a little bit of a tear after a slow start to the season. And he is now within 58 goals of Gretzky. And he has the rest of this season and also another year under contract with Washington next year. So it's gettable. I, I think I think it's two more years. Two more years. Okay, even better. Yeah. I think yeah. that's right, actually. Yeah. I might have misread what I, yeah. I'm i thinking yeah, of earlier. Because he's, he's got, yeah. The, 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 what, I, what I've been seeing about it is that that number is right. And, you know. That it, that's attainable. Uh, and, you know, really, if you're, you're talking about, you know, 27, 28 goals, uh, you know, whatever, you, a year, he should be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, good, I guess, right? We want him to break the record, don't we? I do. I do. I loved Gretzky, but that's just a really, that would be a really amazing hockey moment, you know, just sort of the build up to that and yeah, every Washington game as it gets close. If he needed three, you'd have to watch it to see if he would get three. Maybe, you know, you'd see if you'd find out somebody on Twitter says he got a goal, then you watch to see if he can score two more. Yep. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be really fun to track. Um I mean, the only the only thing that isn't maybe much fun is that it it like the Capitals the owners talked like this. I don't know, he hasn't said this recently, but within the last year, I guess, uh, if that's not recent. Um, that they're gonna just they're gonna keep trying to, to have a playoff team, 
uh, while he's there and chasing this record, and they desperately need like a wrecking ball. You know, like they just they 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 need to do the work, so to speak, because they're 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 not a very good team anymore. And you know, he, Ovechkin aging out is a part of that for them. But a lot of their guys are are just you know on the wrong side of things, and they don't want to stop. So that's tough for them, I guess. You know, for their fans, um, they, they get to enjoy Ovechkin getting the record, but they probably aren't going to be a playoff team while he's doing it. Morning Guys had a trivia, instant trivia segment where they talked about the number of teams that have been to the playoffs 10 times since the Sabres last made it. Five teams. One, I think, is Washington that's been to the playoffs 10 times uh, since the Sabres last made it. And I share in uh, the amusement that Joe felt seeing Minnesota on the list, that Minnesota of all, not just Boston, Minnesota has right. been to the playoffs ten times since the Sabers have last been in once. Get back to football next. Excited to talk about draft ideas and prospects, pretty much all the time. And a lot of you I know are into that. If you got a favorite idea already, it's still early. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number. And we tried to figure out out loud at the beginning of the show, like just what are the possible options with Stephon Diggs. Is he definitely on the team? Is a trade realistic? Is a cut possible? Like these kinds of things. And we'll revisit that too. I think maybe the better conversation, if you do assume he will be on the team, there are financial reasons why that seems you know, very likely, is um, how good is he at this stage? How much does he mean to the Bills? Can he be, even in a playoff game, the guy who had helped to transform the Bills, into this amazing team, this great offense. And we've seen his play tail off big time even this year as the season got late. Again, 803-0550 to join the conversation. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here, WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 